This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller, his guy Friday Christian Blatt, and superstar producer Lindsay Floyd. And now, it's him, Dennis Miller. Hey, folks. Uh, welcome you. Yeah, I'm getting sick of saying welcome. Yeah, come on. You know, all that, it's just too much. So that's my new thing. And if you take anything away from the podcast today, it's when greeting somebody now, just say welcome you. Because I am, I can't tell you how much potentially productive time I've pissed away in my life by putting the cum at the end of the well. And Christian, I think uh, you were in a X-rated improv troupe called uh, Come Well at some point, weren't you? Yeah, unfortunately we didn't start that way. We were actually uh, doing free afternoons at the libraries and uh, the children did not respond well. So we thought it was maybe more of an after dark situation. Yeah, I remember uh, you used to... Always stand at the uh, come well. Yeah. The and, worst part uh, is that shut we... Shut your eyes. Yep. Throw in a half a pence and beg for a happy ending, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Everybody looks like Claire Danes to me. I don't know what's happening. Even men? All women look like Claire Danes. Thus, all Claire Daneses look like women. Thus... Homelands in its 54th fucking season. <laughs> who is it this week? The Palins? Is, is that who's the terrorist this year? They, they always mince around who the terrorist is. Or, yes, but... Uh, are they one of the few who have come out? I'm watching the uh, new Pope, by the way, and uh, it's not the young Pope. That was great last year. This is pretty. But I, I read somebody who commented and said, it's the world's longest Madonna video, which made me laugh out loud because that's sort of what it's like. But uh, they get right to the point. You can tell it's, uh, I, th I think the man's name is Paolo Sorrento, or Sorrentino. And uh, he, he, you know, the, the terrorists are uh, Islamic radicals. Over here in our country, we go way out of our way. It'll, next will be, you know, people wearing MAGA hats. Although I think there's a movie coming out like that or something. By the way, uh, MAGA coronaviruses. I'm just saying, get it up there, Christian. And, uh, you know, red with the white lettering, make America great again, coronavirus. I'm writing and, it down now, uh, chief. <laughs> you know you've got it if the white lettering goes as red as the rest of the mask. And by the way, uh, I just read we have our 58th case. What a whiny shit culture we've turned into. What a bunch of wusses. 58, no deaths. State of California and the city of San Francisco have just declared a state of emergency. Uh, as I look at this map here, that I, I don't see one case has been reported in San Francisco. They have declared a state of emergency. Meanwhile, I can go out and fucking, uh, you know, cross-country ski and shit up there later this afternoon if I want to. And that's no big deal. You know, Union Square's turned into uh, a fecal abyss. And nobody's sending a heads up there if you say anything, you're racist. But coronavirus, no cases in San Francisco, state of emergency. I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I've often hinted that I believe they won when they lost. And, uh, you know, there's only one Trump. He's the only guy who's got these sort of balls, maybe his kid. But who else could take this fusillade of hate every day? And uh, I think they're trying to get him 
uh, they'll probably try to impeach him over this coronavirus. Or I know they're calling for his head, but I'm saying in a country of over 300 million people, I think 58 cases is a, a blip. And people are going to say, yeah, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Christ, you could be sitting there with a, a, a cough wondering if you have coronavirus and a fucking asteroid could take your head off. I, I don't know what to say. All I know is we're hysterical. And the reality of things, numbers are all being subjectified. You know, low unemployment rates, and that mean nothing. The empirical has been subjectified. And the hypothetical has been, you know, chiseled into the edifice. It's shit times, folks. I, can you want, you, I watched that whole debate because I thought, oh, God, if you're going to do this podcast, you have to talk about this stuff once in a while. You just can't always sit here and talk about it. How you're, uh, you know, you've got the same knuckle as an elk or something. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck we're talking about anymore. Uh, a lot of positive all... feedback on the elk knuckle, by the way. That uh, was almost really? on Twitter. There are a few people well, who... Well, then uh, let's yeah. just say I didn't watch the debate. <laughs> <laughs> but I got uh, a set of elk brass knuckles <laughs> and rolled some locals. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and just uh, before you circle back to that, I think it's uh, it's an interesting tie-in that uh, Fecal Abyss, the Gigi Allen story, is actually our Dennis's Oprah's Book Club entry of the month. So I wanted to make sure we got that in there. Beautiful. Well, listen, I don't like the huckster. No. But this that's book why is the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on today? How, how do you say this guy's name? It's David Hersani. You scream if you see a Yeti. Well... <laughs> Did I hear Haji say this in the Yeti, the Yeti episode <laughs> of the original Quest? You did, yes. David right. Harsani. Harsani. Yes, sir. And what's he talking about? Bernie. I think uh, it ties into... Uh, Is very... he pro or con? He's at the National Review, so I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I know. It's funny because you could have assumed a few months ago that maybe that uh, would be different. No, he's not, uh, he's not a Bernie fan. Uh, and uh, because Christ, we're talking he about couldn't Bernie, Bernie uh, or Trump could not be any further in Rich Lowry's kitchen if he was, uh, you know, Betty Crocker with a DEA ram. Ah, oh, that's so much better than what I was going to say. I was going to say Mr. Coffee, but uh, that's why it's your what show. What do I have? Betty Crocker coming in through a kitchen door with one of those drug enforcement <laughs> agency rams. That's, that's not bad. I oh, didn't have that. That's great. No, 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 no. I'm saying Mr. Coffee that Christian I had, that was the old shit. References. No. You know, these people kill me with this old rep. What do you want me to do? Study the shit culture now to update these things? Yeah, you should have talked Who's about it. Who's fucking kidding who? I don't pay attention to the world today. Except for purposes of this uh, podcast. I even watched that debate. But what am I going to watch? I quit watching a popular culture when I started to notice they were taking old songs that I thought were quite beautiful and then in the middle of it, I'd hear uh -huh. Jay-Z go, whoa, whoa, yeah. huh? Yeah. And I'd say, uh -huh. I can't pay attention to the culture anymore. Yeah, you know, New York, hey, new, hey. Yeah, I, I don't have any new references. Because the new culture's shit. All this, uh, there's around 10 great TV shows, the rest of it's shit. Christ. I'm supposed to sit there and act like I should update my TCM reference. I don't care. G give me the high sign. I'll check out. I don't mean from Corona. Well, well. Listen, I don't know. No, I don't want to die Corona. For a second there, I went off on some weird riff where I said, "Don't deny, Dennis. 
all you know, it's like an improv Del Close class or something. I said, why shut that th thread that? And I said, uh, because I'm talking about me dying from coronavirus. Is that possible that the Mr. Improv that we shut that thread down? So there, I don't want to die of coronavirus. If I do, Christian, I promise you, have to do this show once after I croak of it, and don't mention what happened. Don't no, mention the irony of it. But when I die the way that I want to go, which is let's just say during self pleasure, please talk about it. Devote an entire <laughs> show to it. <laughs> See, that's Christian's quandary. He likes to auto-asphyxiate while he's self-pleasuring. <laughs> but his, uh, well, he calls it his offhand. That was not enough <laughs> on his throat. So he likes to use his ride hand, he calls it. And he straps one of those Larry Mahan cinch things around his carotid artery. But then the left hand, he hasn't developed it enough, so he's been squeezing uh, a ball lately, his right one. And uh, he hemorrhaged that. So now he can't tell if he's still ineffectual with the continental grip on the peen or he's just blown a ball and has to get it into pit row. <laughs> get a new nut on there or a lug nut. A lug nut is a big ball that they have to drag over. See, that's why I watched the debate. Yeah. Well, I, uh, you know, I the problem is you know, we've got four listeners and I can't make it three going off. Uh, oh, tell me again. <laughs> Were people chuffed with uh, elk knuckle? Yeah, it uh, it showed up in my the kids. Uh, my ad mentions go? from Over the kids. Dick Clark's bandstand for the midweek show. And uh, the, no, it's a little kids bit... doing Raider record. We're all talking about elk knuckle. Well, see, here's a, here's a great point to freshen up that reference. Uh, Dick Clark's been dead for about a decade, so you could say uh, Seacrest. So uh, I went over to Seacrest, and yeah, he Seacrest was... has been dead to me since he fucking <laughs> did Dunkelman in the Roman Senate shower. <laughs> oh, did you see that? Dunkelman was driving Uber. That's what he's no. up to now. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> no. Yeah. He claims that he left that show because he wanted to not do the show anymore. But um, I think that makes well, it wait, worse. Well, wait. I'm seeing an updated story here. He's, uh, wow, look at this headline. He's left Uber for Lyft. And he said it was his own choice. It's <laughs> <laughs> about right. <laughs> Oh, he's driving Uber? Yeah. But I'm sure he's happy. Look, he's got five-star review. Come on. That's all that matters. Well, remind me to request Quiet Ride, because that's all I need <laughs> is to uh, get in there. I'm just trying to go to Mr. Chow's for an expensive oh. Chinese dinner, and I got this kid say, I knew, I knew I was sharing makeup in the honey wagon with a couple of the contestants, for Christ's sake. And Ryan always had his own star and his own. Uh, who needs that story? Not me, certainly. But uh, I'm sorry to hear that about Uncle Man, but I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I don't want to say that Uber's a bad job, but it's not a great job. Is no. It? Picture your face in the mirror. Do you see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about those crow's feet? Or are those large under-eye bags? Now imagine they're gone. I'm talking about Plexiderm, not some risky, expensive surgery. I mean, just gone in minutes. It's called, as I said, Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags and does it in minutes. It's the edge that you've been looking for. Don't believe it? Well, I didn't either until I tried it. Now I don't have to imagine anymore. I look like me, just 10 years younger. Simply put, I am blown away by the results. 
Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself at work or out with friends. And the best part is, Plexiderm goes on clear, so nobody will know you're using it. Unless, of course, you decide to tell them. Go to TryPlexiderm.com and use my code MILLER for 50% off, plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra 10 bucks off for a 30-day supply. This offer is also available by calling, you remember calling from way back when, 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code MILLER. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit TryPlexiderm.com today and use code MILLER at checkout. Thricely, that is TryPlexiderm.com, code MILLER. And I thank you. If you would like to transition to talking about the debates and Bernie and all that, our guest, David Harsani, is with us now. Big Dave Harsani. How are Hello. you, my friend? Doing well, Dennis. Thanks for having me. Well, nice to have you. Uh, We're talking to senior writer for the National Review. He's the author of First Freedom, A Ride Through America's Enduring History with the Gun. Hmm. I haven't read a book about guns in a while since uh, John Lott's thing, More Guns, Less Crime. So I think I'll give this a tumble. David Harsani. Dave, welcome to the show. Ah, thank you for having me. Let's talk about the book a little first. Let's do some business sure. here. Tell me about the book. Tell me about uh, what caught your eye about it. Are you a gun person yourself or what, what's up? Actually, I'm not a gun person. I grew up in New York City where we weren't allowed to have guns for the most part if we weren't criminals. And I was always fascinated by um, gun culture and why we acted the way we do, the sort of unique aspect of gun culture where you don't see that anywhere else. So I I think to understand the debate, or I thought that to understand the debate better, we needed to understand the history of that. And I just went back to the beginning and wrote a pretty straightforward history of the gun in America, just the technical advances, the the ideology that goes on, that went on behind it, and um, and pulled that together. It's not really a political book. I mean, certainly my perspective is pro Second Amendment, mm-hmm. but it's not, uh, you know, it's not an argument for the Second Amendment. It's just the history of the gun. Now, listen, I'm often simplistic when I first appraise things. I concede that. But I'm trying to think why the gun plays such a prevalent part in our culture. And I'm wondering if, for some degree, a modern gun or a, uh, an, a, a reasonably predictable gun is almost co-birthed at the time our really young country is. Uh, is, is it possible that they, they came out co-joined at some point, uh, the gun and the birth of the country? Uh, in in a sense, yeah. I mean, we did uh, – Americans invented guns like the Kentucky rifle, a rifled gun that was uh, – that could shoot like 300 yards as opposed to a musket, which was which was not. And But guns were so uh, – they're inherently part of, of life for most people here who had to hunt, but also they were 3,000 miles away from their seat of government, things like that. So militias were incredibly important. Obviously, you had some Indians who, who didn't want us here very much, and it was important uh, in, in, in the respect of self-defense. De- self but um, the right of gun ownership also goes back way back into England. I mean, we had the right of self-defense long before we had the right to freedom mm. of religion or freedom of speech or anything like that. So it's 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 com- it's complicated and, and a very long history. You know, folks, the uh, I, I'm not ordinarily somebody. I, I'm like Dave. Uh, David Harsani, and once again, the uh, book is First Freedom, A Ride Through America's Enduring History with the Gun. I'm not a gun person, but 
I must say, this seems like the a particularly bad time in history to say that you want to start rounding them up. I'm not paranoid, but as I watch that stage, and I don't view each one, I don't think any of those guys are quite frankly smart enough, but I certainly think they're misguided enough or malevolent enough or so blinded by their own virtue signaling they can't see where this could lead. I don't know that this isn't the worst time in history to tell Americans to kick their guns in because I think the other sides come legitimately unhinged. Your thought? I agree. You know, quite often people who defend guns say things like, uh, you know, we need them for hunting or we need them to protect ourselves from criminality. But but the reality is that the Second Amendment wasn't about those things. The Second Amendment was about someone like, you know, the king or someone who thinks they're a king taking away the, your constitutional rights. That's why I called the book First Freedom. The other rights do not exist without the gun. Uh, so when I hear Bernie and my own parents, uh, you know, defected from communist Hungary to come here. When I hear him speak, and I'm not saying he's Stalin or anything, uh, I, I think about the Second Amendment sometimes, and I'm, and I'm happy about it. And I'm, uh, and I'm happy there are around 400 million guns out there. I think that that keeps order in this country in a way that and, and liberty in a way that it doesn't in most countries. And that's not to say we're going to have a guerrilla war tomorrow or anything like that. But it's just good to know a little insurance, I guess. You know, I think uh, you, you can see that these, here's what happens. The left gets so far out there that you have to start making, um, I don't know, I look at Bernie and uh, do I think he's Joe Stalin? No, he's around 10 million shy of, 10 million of his uh, locals shy, uh, sh killed shy of that. But do I, do I hear him in some sort of echo of Walter Durante where he has some sort of quaint notions about the efficacy of the communist and socialist system, and up to this point, it's only been misplayed by heavy-handed uh, Americans or, uh, you know, other countries haven't done it right. Yeah, I do hear that. That's fucking creepy to me. He's creepy to me. I, I'm not going to give him the space I've been giving him in the past. Oh, you know, Bernie, he believes what he believes. Shut up. He's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, if you had a democratic fascist running around the country talking about the literacy programs or you know, clean roads of, of, of Nazi Germany, or even, let's say, about the alleged upside of slavery or something, you know, he'd be run out of politics. But here you have a guy who has basically praised every single communist regime that he's been asked about, you know, from the Viet Cong to Ortega to Castro to the Soviet Union. I mean, that's just nuts that he's treated seriously. I mean, this is kind of guy, you know, he'd be like my crazy commie uncle who'd be teaching, you know, at the local community college or something. But now he's running for president. It's dangerous. And I think it's really the culmination of like three decades of whitewashing what communism was really about. Again, I'm not saying he's a communist, but I'm saying that he has shares many of the ideals and sort of ethics of socialism that communists do. And that's it's not something we need to be normalizing. I think it's pretty dangerous. I was watching um, Sanders, and I was thinking, boy, um, in, in every way he IDs as one, and then if anybody even hints or throws a, a subtle curve, be it Bloomberg or anybody, he gets that tisk tisk look on his face. And I've always thought that people who are way, way out there on either side of the political spectrum always have perfected their tisk 
tisk. And you just want them to stop for a second and just address some of the things they're speaking to. Let's say it's 140 million. Let's say it's 180 million. These figures float around. Let's put it somewhere around 150 million. Why, if you want to fix health care, anybody asks them that, do you have to find 150 million people who are happy with it? And this speaks to how tight the union system still is in this country. It's not what it used to be. But the fact that union guys with their Cadillac plans would even consider this fuckcat's plan, where you all get pushed into a thing where it's all like all of a sudden you're in steerage on a Titanic and Billy Zane won't unlock the lock to the med center. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And yet if anybody brings it up and says, hey, how are you going to pay for this? And he just get a tisk tisk and he disparages and he moves away. It's driving me crazy. When's he going to get nailed? It's not going to be Gail and Nora. But when's he going to sit there with somebody who can nail him on this? I don't know. They, they don't ask him the tough questions. And whenever they do, he just talks about billionaires or Denmark or something. It's like, he, he, you know, he get typically Democrats get away with this kind of thing. I, I'm sorry to say, but he he really has not been that that Castro question was like the toughest thing he's been asked. And this mm-hmm. is a guy who said once that, you know, we had a lot to learn from the Soviet Union. Has anyone asked him what those things are or or if he's changed his mind? He can't even. He can't even say, hey, you know, maybe I was wrong about Castro. He still has to defend the guy. So I know. when you say it's creepy, so... I say that's just that's some that's evil. Right. I mean, you, you, you don't. It is the most evil kind of system in the history of the world. And if right. you try to find if you try to look on the bright side, you're crazy. And, and yeah, possibly evil. Got a cousin's birthday coming up. Mm, can't say we're the closest people in the world, but pretty nice. And uh, I want to get her something nice. I want to find her a gift that reminds her of her wedding and makes her smile. And for a special wedding gift that the bride and her hubby will cherish forever, you got to check out Skylight Frame. Skylight Frame is a touchscreen photo frame you can update instantly by mail. Friends and family can email beautiful moments they've captured and send them right to the frame, and they will appear in seconds. You can also preload the skylight frame with your favorite photos from the wedding for a more personalized gift. The bride and the groom will love it. Skylight is also a great gift for mom. If you constantly have mom asking you for more photos, you can now just send them to the skylight frame and they will appear for her instantly. Skylight is super easy to use. Sets up in under 60 seconds. Just plug in, connect to Wi-Fi, and enjoy. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. Gave one to my mother-in-law last year. Loves it. Everybody chips in. The kids. And she absolutely adores it. Now, as a special offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code Miller. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter code Miller. Lastly, let me spell it for you. Although I'm not insulting your intelligence, I just don't want you to miss out on this great product. S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-K. Now, just testing. S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com. Promo code Miller. All right. Hi, thank you. We're talking to David Harsani. The book is First Freedom. Dave's a senior writer over at the National Review. 
a ride through America's enduring history with the gun. I've always said that Castro's one true genius is the ability to keep the country so depressed that a Cat 5 hurricane can hit it square on and only cost $45 in property damage. I mean, you know, you know, his idea, it's a, a second hot plate is his idea of economic growth. I don't know why Sanders, in effect, I think has lost Florida. Would you not say that, Dave? At the very least, he's lost Florida already? I mean, I hope so. You have, uh, you know, the, the you have a, you still have Cubans, obviously there, and people who, who maybe their grandparents or parents, or whatever, came over. So I hope that they're offended by this at least. I, I think Florida's already trending sort of Republican in general. But yeah, I mean, I can't see him winning Florida now, not after this, unless he walks it back, and I doubt he would. And even then, I'm not sure anyone would believe him. You know, I think the world of Rich. I guess Rich is still over there, right? But I yeah. can't believe Trump. Trump got this far into his head that he would listen, Trump. I, I get it. I guess the guys like Rich and I, I don't quite know what Crystal's thing is over at the Weekly Standard. I think I think at least the reviews are not a going concern. I think Bill's completely on stipend now and maybe just has to answer to notes he sent. But I, I look at Rich and I think, for Christ's sake, I know Trump's rough around the edges. There are days I think, oh, shut up, you oaf. But there are other days I think, how can anybody not unequivocally push all the chips in when you look at those six assholes and realize if it's not one of them, it's uh, who? Hillary, the unlikely cavalry. She might be waiting for a brokered convention to clunk in and say, I'm summoned to this task. I see. Why does Iger drop out of a $50 million a year job unless he and Oprah somewhere on Geffen's yacht talked about how we'll save the world? Uh, so we got six to seven people over there that I'm just thinking, OK, yeah. Trump's a grotesquerie some days, but he's our grotesquerie, and he is Fess Parker at this point, swinging the musket up on top of the Alamo, because on the other side of the floodgates, it is an infestation of quasi-communism, full-bore socialism. Yeah, I mean, I was anti-Trump when he ran in the primaries in 2016 to 2015, and uh, I thought it would be a disaster. I didn't. What I didn't foresee was that the other side would lose their minds, and uh, I think that that changes everything. The context of Trump. Also, I don't think he's been as bad as uh, as I thought he would be. Especially, mostly, I was concerned that he wouldn't be a conservative, you know. But he has been, and he's done a lot of things I like, and I don't like the way he acts quite often. I think he hurts himself more than anyone. Uh, but I just, I mean, you know, people have said this. I mean, the other side just needed to be sane, and they completely have lost their minds. So I. I, you know, someone like Bernie wins, and I don't really understand how they're going to stop him at this point. I, I, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, listen, I, I'm not going to – I thought Trump would lose, so I'm not going to say Bernie for sure is going to lose. I, I don't know. Americans are weird. Trump might do something weird. You never know what's going to happen. But uh, that that is just that is just the worst, worst person you could possibly run against Trump, I think. <laughs> I, I mean, if you had to pick the worst person in the whole country to run against him, that would be the man, right? Well, I'm telling you, man, she is indefatigable. I only say Hillary and people look at me like I'm crazy, but I only say it because I don't think she knows how not to run. And I think it's like there's that great scene in uh, um, uh, Zulu where Michael Caine is telling everybody, hold, hold, hold. And I swear, I don't know who's in that room with her, the Podesta, you know, Romulus and Reem, hold Podesta. Who's in the room telling her, hold, hold. Hold, let them fuck this up. Let's take it to a brokered convention. And then you say, I did not want to do this. So don't think I'm self-aggrandizing. But I am summoned now to save this. Uh, I can just see it. You know, the problem and, with that, uh, though, is you're going to lose all the Sanders people, right? They're going to think it was stolen from them. They're going to act like, you know, the establishment stole it from them. Maybe similarly to the whole Trump thing, but Trump actually won it. 
So I, I don't know how that works out for them either. Obviously, I don't think Hillary's going to be any more popular this time around. But yeah, I well, mean, uh, she be- will say I got 66 million votes. I can hear that. And yeah, uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. They'll test the Bernie bro hatred of Trump. But uh, I agree with you. It, it, if many of those are kids in college dorms, that's true. You, 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 that's the greatest repudiation of my theory about Hillary is college kids in dorms don't need much to not head out the door that day. And if they feel they've been screwed over by the man, or in this case, the woman, you're right. If, if only half of those people show up, but the, the Democrats are dead if half of Bernie's people yeah. exit stage left because of Hillary. It's a complex one, but I do think if they run Bernie, it's going to make uh, McGovern look like Vlad the Impaler, for Christ's sake. Uh, you know, I, I, I think he's going to look like uh, he swept the field. <laughs> yeah, Conrad Black has a great piece today, too, by the way, Dave. You should read where he thinks it's going to be... Uh, ignominious defeat if uh, Bernie runs. And he's a pretty I mean, sharp cat. Do you think he's going to lose California or New York? It just seems unlikely to me. And Or, you know, uh, maybe Illinois. You know, it seems like yeah, those today's a little different than 72 in the sense that people don't really vote on the economy as much. The president doesn't do as much, you know, policy-wise, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it just seems unlikely to me he's going to lose those giant states. We're talking to uh, the senior writer for the National Review, David Harsani, and he has a book, First Freedom, A Ride Through America's Enduring History with the Gun. And are you still not a gun person? And can I tell you that uh, I've actually, for the first time in my life, thought about taking a gun safety course. Do you ever have that moment during your day, or am I just being weird? No, no. I, I, I mean, I've, I've gone out and shot, and I've, I've gotten to uh, do some, you know, I've taken a safety class and things like that. I live in a place in Maryland where it's so hard to get a gun and, and have a gun. Mm-hmm. It's, I just don't do it. But I, and I didn't grow up with guns or anything like that. I mean, I'm not scared yeah, of them. I, and I certainly would pick one up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's weird. For the first time in my head, I'm thinking, I was watching Dr. Zhivago where he comes home from the field and all of a sudden everybody's sharing his apartment. And I was thinking, that, that's the way this is heading. If they put in more on like Bernie Sanders. Have you ever shot a gun before? At all? Um, a skeet thing once, a clay yeah. thing, but that was a shoulder, you know, a uh, rifle. I've never. I remember you had a joke a years ago about bear, bear arms, about bearing yeah. arms, but I forgot what it was. Something with maybe they meant people had, bear, you know, uh, uh, you know on their arms remember, or something. I forgot what it was. But. Uh, when you'd been doing it for 35 or 40 years, I, I've forgotten three jokes. <laughs> that sorry. happens to be one of them. All right. Say hi to Dr. Lowry over there. Tell him to come on once in a while and uh, tell him to not to sweat Trump too much because it could be worse. It could be, uh, you know, could be Bernie or uh, Elizabeth Warren, for God's sakes. What a scold. I mean, for Christ. And you know what? She's making a buck. Can she get a haircut that doesn't look like Miguel Indurain's bike helmet in the Tour de France? All right. You got a rock, Davey. Good to talk to you. You too. Oh, have you seen the David Crosby uh, documentary? I have not. I, I, did hear a del- I did hear a delightful interview he did with uh, NPR where he, uh, he walked out of the interview because they kept asking him about it. Like they, did, they were going to do an hour about his career and he was going to go through chronologically. And he's just like, I, I don't know, man, who cares? It was 50 years ago. I'm like, I think a lot of people care. And so he just walked out. Well, uh, it's interesting. It's uh, Remember My Name, it's called. I highly encourage him. He lives over the hill here and I've bumped into him over the years and I'm always from afar I don't know he probably vibed me and I vibed him I didn't quite get it his wife is the sweetest soul she always has such a smile leans in and hugs you so I always got a nice and I'm going to say something that I'm not prone to say here but uh, I, I can only say that the it must be the 
uh, hippie child in her. She has a nice energy about her, and I mean that in no in, indicting way. She is so sweet. But I was so, um, I can't even say enamored because some of it drove me crazy, but I'm thinking of calling him and seeing if he wants to have lunch because he was so candid about what an asshole he was when he was younger and how he's alienated people. And uh, it, it reminded me of uh, Ilya Kazan's A Life, where he, uh, and now Kazan, granted, would never give you turf on the uh, HUAC testimony. Uh, it was always, into the day he died, it was the right thing to do. They were Soviets, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I, I'm, uh, that's fine. I, I don't think everybody, you know, I think Carl Foreman and people like that got screwed over. Uh, I think some of the guys were just trying to get laid at May Day parades when they were young, and they end up in front of this pig cone. Uh, but I do think there is also, and I think there's been... Uh, secrets, uh, what's it called, when they hold things for a certain amount of time, and certain people who were named in there were, in fact, uh, sending some information back that way. Freedom of Information Act, I think it's called. So, um, you know, Kazan, who knows what was in his head about that, but he self was very self-flagellative about most things in his life. Mostly, his uh, he had some perverse need, I think, to bed friends, wives, and girlfriends, and Yikes. You know, which is just horrible. Uh, really, just to go down to Mench and hang a hard left and just go as far away from Mench as you can. But I do remember him slapping himself around in there about stuff like that. This is that uh, redux and indeed by a power 10 because Crosby just, it was so raw to watch him wade in to his weaknesses that I thought, geez, I had a, you know, I'm a, bit of an outlier, but, you know, Christ, I watched this, I felt like Tony Robbins. <laughs> I, I had to call this guy for lunch, and uh, I think I'm going to, and I'll give you a, well, he won't report on lunch, won't like, be like, no, I'll be a snitch, right. but I I don't know, he was, he, I thought, he, I found that he had a fascinating intellect, uh, but a big uh, part of it was uh, almost like etiquette sociopathic, like, he didn't understand that aspect of human interaction, and it caught up to him. And uh, but there were also parts keen self appraisal and a mellifluous voice, obviously, and uh, cool songs and a uh, part of him that I was enamored of. But anyway, at the end of the whole thing, and not as a lab experiment, I, I thought, geez, I should call him and have lunch just to see because he seemed a little uh, alone at the end. It has his wife and his dogs and all that, but do you know he doesn't talk to Stills or Nash or and definitely Neil not Neil, or, yeah, uh, McGuinn, and he 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 made a reference in there. Did he make fun of uh, Neil Young's girlfriend Daryl Hannah? Yeah, I, I've I've heard about this documentary and and sort of in surrounding that is that yes, it, he said something about Daryl Hannah at some point, and I think you know decades ago. I don't think it's recent that he said it. Mm-hmm. Well, I was listening to Neil Young today, and uh, it's funny. In that thing, he looks—he uh, looks like almost like you'd find him playing, uh, y- y- you know, working for Motorhead or uh, MC Five. <laughs> sure. Uh, but uh, and indeed, if you've ever seen him in the uh, "Keep on Rocking in the Free Age" with Eddie Vedder and them, where he's just a shaman, an unhinged shaman who's only tethered to the planet by the fact that he's plugged into a huge 
fucking amp and just <laughs> blowing it up like some sort of, uh, you know, a very groovy umbilical keeping him tethered, but uh, dervishing around, just exhilarating. But I, I was listening to After the Gold Rush this morning. Is that, the, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the name of the album. Is that where, the, is Man Needs a Mate on that? That, um, that album, what a poet. He is the poet laureate. I, I think he must be what people hear in Dylan that I don't get. And I don't know what that is. Uh, you know, what do I lack that I I have no, uh, nothing against Bob Dylan. Indeed, some, I have liked some of the songs, but um, I don't get Dylan in the same way I don't get Shakespeare. And I think that speaks more about me than him. I'm not saying anything. I, it's just I think we all lack a certain groove pattern in our heads where certain things just don't work for us. I always relate it back to why do people have certain colors that matter to them or certain music that matters to them or certain olfactory smells that matter to them. Uh, some things tweaked in your, your downloads, your way down in the hard drive. So I don't get Shakespeare. I don't get Dylan. I get Neil Young. I think like most people uh, get Dylan. Just unbelievable. And his man needs a mate on after it's the on Harvest. 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 Yeah. Okay, that's the one I was listening to then. And every song on Harvest. Yes. Uh, my wife said, "What do you make of this album?" I said, "It is replete with genius. I mean, there, there's no. It, it's like the." side of Abbey Road, there's not one moment where you get to just take a breath. You're, you are careening, uh, you're, you're on one ski, and you can't uh, carve, and you're hurtling down the hill, and your heart's beating out of your chest like Franz Klammer on an amyl nitrate, and then all of a sudden you notice you made it to the bottom of the hill, and you're inside having a nog. It's, it, it, it was beautiful listening to that thing. And by the way, I got a, uh, you know, I told you I had dinner with uh, Jeff Lynn. Correct. And he's got a new album coming out, and he sent me a copy, and I listened to that. And, oh, man, get ready. So groovy. Really uh, great. And if I didn't have just met him and don't want to bother him, I'd probably ask him to be on. But, I, you know, I'm bad with people I know, so I can't do that. No, but, but I'll, uh, I'll be showbiz for a second. I'm out to his reps. So don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm out to his reps. Oh, God. When you talk like that, I get uh, an immediate erection that I instantaneously lose. <laughs> yeah, Lindsay threw up a little in her mouth when I said that. So I, I think uh, nobody, I meant nobody creatively. I'm just yeah. saying. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Bing, bang. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, Maggot face mask. Yep, got that. Iger and Oprah. Did and, you do Iger uh, and Oprah? No, I just think, uh, why does Iger, or I can't even say his name, Iger, yeah. as in Sanction. You ever <laughs> seen that old movie? Uh, I have not. What's it called? Iger, E-I-G-E-R, Sanction. Clint uh-huh. Eastwood is sort of a pre-Indiana um, Jones uh the hot professor guy gets in the spy biz ends up on a mountain in the uh in the alps called the Yiger. Wow. hijinks ensue so i think you'd like it pretty yeah cool. no i'm uh, i love clint eastwood and all right so not, come on it's good so I mean, I didn't like when he talked to the chair at the uh the the republican debate but you know other than that i think i usually like it 
Yeah, what was I don't you know, I was, I, I liked the effort because yeah. I I thought Obama was an empty chair too, but uh, <laughs> that took a lot of cojones. Yeah. Didn't it? yeah, but now he's a Bloomberg guy. Have you seen those headlines? So uh, well, he, dude, he, now yeah. now he literally has an empty suit sitting on his lap. <laughs> um, Bloomberg is uh, well, he screwed the pooch. You want to talk debate a little? Bit, yeah, uh, we can talk that. about it. All right, the debate. I watched the whole debate, Whew. and. Uh, a bit of a doozy. I was trying to, um, a two-prong thing. I thought, you know, I'm always on the radio or the uh, podcast, and I I don't listen to them. I don't watch the Oscars. And I think you're starting to be an asshole. And, you know, like, uh, you got to talk about certain things that people are interested in, and always just can't be wordplay and that. So I thought I'll watch it. Um, secondly, I always bail out of these things so quickly that it's its own form of preciousness. Like, I can't sit in the th- thoughts. Now, that puts me off when people can't do that. So I find it hard. Trust me, there's so many moments that I find maddening during so much virtue signaling, so much disingenuousness. But I, I did think, oh, this whole diving off, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's too much. It's too dramatic. It's a debate. Listen to it for a couple hours. You don't agree with them. You're not Starsky and Hutch doing shoulder rolls as you put <laughs> Approach the perps. But you do so know I, I will thing. always be your huggy bear, just in case you needed to know. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's go left to right, because that's how things set up in my head. Um, I guess if you're dyslexic, if you thought of the debate stage, would you see it right to left? No. I don't know enough about dyslexia. Yeah, no, I think just letters look backwards. I think you would still see people in the same place. Okay, okay. Yeah. so it only reflects in letters. That's interesting, Christian. I, I honestly God did not know that. Well, I'm just Am guessing. I really stupid for that? No, no, no. It... I, I just because uh, I, I think that that's really what people who have dyslexia struggle with. It, it's really just, just the reading. Letter. Yeah. Okay. Now that's interesting. Well, you can see I've got big blind spots because people are going to say, "Really? You thought they? I thought they might remember <laughs> pictorial information." You know, the opposite way. But uh, I guess it isn't the opposite way when it's just six people standing at podiums. Only letters are dependent on which way they're facing, right? Yeah, exactly. And you know, my big problem with uh, Islam is all of their alphabet is our punctuation. <laughs> I'm just going, <laughs> you know, I don't, trying to, uh, you know, find an off ramp here. I don't need a crescent moon and, a, you know, <laughs> huh? I'm trying to communicate here at the airport. What am I, like a Lucky Charms commercial? Anyway, the debate. Bloomberg never looked like more of a hobbyist to me. And it was funny, they were bookended by billionaire hobbyists. <laughs> that was cute. You know what I mean? It's just so... Uh, the fact that they're even allowed up there blows my mind. The current Democratic Party is so much about socialism and... Uh, to think that they've allowed two billionaires to just buy their way on stage shows you how they they don't know they they don't know whether to shit or wind or watch over there. So uh, and they and naturally they put the uh, the two women next to the two asshole billionaires. Like, <laughs> Got to get that core group of guys. Yeah. So uh, Bloomberg uh, seems like an imperious little guy, classic Napoleon thing, in that he you know doesn't want you to be able to go to a bakery in Manhattan and get a to the Magnolia and get a Napoleon. But he, he does hint at talking about, uh, look what we did with smoking. And he compares it to the health. I, I, that creeps me out. I'm sorry. I, some people want to eat till they're fat. 
Now, some people don't want to eat till they're fat, but eat till they're fat. You know, this whole thing about uh, we're all snowflakes in that, it, it turns out we are all snowflakes. <laughs> Not that we're different or we're whiny. We melt before we hit the ground. But I don't know how Bloomberg gets into your food. It's a bridge too far for me. I remember saying way back when we should fight at smoking because this will never stop. And indeed, it won't. And uh, I really believe that. I, I, I think that Bloomberg, to think that he has... I, I would like it if Mike Bloomberg came out with a set of dietary stipulations that were 180 degrees opposite of what he liked to eat. Uh, but I don't think... I think it would probably be concentric. Or is it concentric? Concentric. Uh, with his proclivities, Right. Oh, it's weird so, to me. Yeah. I, I don't get that. I, I, I don't know him well enough to, you know, be it a have him order for me. I hate that scene in a movie where a guy orders for a woman, and at least he's on the make. Uh, Bloom, well, Bloomberg's on the make, too. But I, I just, it's not all about food. I find him imperious. He lets things bleed out that tells you he thinks he's, uh, he's very chuffed with himself. Uh, if he was tall enough, he'd put himself on a pedestal. He can't. <laughs> but he's uh, not my type of guy. And plus, he's 65 million in talking about, uh, you know, talking about how he wants to be selfless. And I, listen, brother, I might even vote for you if you uh, kicked in 65 of the 66 tomorrow. Just signed a check. I said, you know what? I feel embarrassed living the life I'm leading. And uh, but yet I'm a weak soul. I'm going to keep a billion. But here's sixty-five. I'm anteing. I don't think it'll happen. I mean, these guys never do that. Let Let's talk about you know these guys who all seem to be on the Democratic side of thing because quite frankly they've become as rich as Croesus, and they realize the only way they're going to keep the uh, you know the best deal secure is to decry wealth. Because, man, if people ever said, yeah, there's around 10 guys here, if they each kept a billion and they were still billionaires and kicked all the rest of it in, we'd have uh, uh, a huge chunk of money to do the things that they all want us to pay for. So uh, I can see what Bloomberg's doing. He's a hobbyist. It would be fun to be president. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, that scene in Citizen Kane where the uh, executor of the state's reading, oh, by the way, I've purchased a newspaper. I think it would be fun to run a newspaper. And he puts he it down thinks and it would be fun, fun to run a newspaper. Yeah, well, that's uh, Bloomberg's uh, money guy. <laughs> so, you know, Bloomberg just said, I want to be president. All right, so we go in from him. She's just so off-putting to me. I can't. I think she's a liar. Uh, and just I, to clarify killer, for our though. listeners, you're talking about Elizabeth Warren and yeah, not she, Amy well, Klobuchar. Going from left to right. Yeah. And no, I don't want to do that you're talking about thing. I'm going from left to right, folks. And nobody's taxing anybody anymore. If you want to follow along with this conversation, <laughs> you have to take a mental picture. I'm not going to name the names on these people because this whole fucking thing about I'll prop you up and, uh, you know, lift your own weights. I'm not spotting you anymore. She is a monster. Uh, but uh, she knows how to deliver a one-minute stab wound. And she's killed him. He's over. I, I always said that Bloomberg, for Bloomberg to release somebody from a do not disclosure, whatever it's called. Non-disclosure. Uh, Non-disclosure thing. The best one he could uh, free somebody is from one where he's telling him to kill a baby. Christ, uh, you, you talk about preaching the 
preaching to the shrill choir over there. Of course, that's the one he's going to release. Somebody told him in the, his workforce that they're pregnant. He said, kill it or whatever. He, he, he says he didn't say those words, but get an abortion. Christ, you talk about it. He might as well you know, take an entire ad out and just play that. That would get him elected on the left. Uh, you know, they can't, they're happy warriors for abortion, quite frankly. So for her to do them on that one, I don't think works. But she's also reminded people how wealthy he is. She's also reminded people that, uh, you know, he has women in the, you know, she hits the woman thing so much. Who would have thought that women uh, wanted to get strong enough to uh, constantly dwell in the halcyon days of being weak? But she gets to it rather quickly. She did an effective job on him. I just can't. Um, I find her too off-putting. Is it? You know, people always say, well, "Was that enough of a reason not to be?" Pre-? Yeah, I guess it is for a lot of people. Let's face facts. Not everybody reads deep. It's a reaction, and my uh, a lot of people's reaction to somebody like her is, uh, "Look, even John Stewart, for God's sakes, years ago, did that great joke about Hillary." Or you just put her picture up and said, here's where erections go to die. I mean, John, who's, who was more in that camp? <laughs> That's true. Uh, and he, you know, occasionally you just have a bad reaction. Whatever she is about, uh, and I don't like all the lying, and then insisting you're not a liar, and that whole uh, becoming a minority studies uh, hire as an Indian. Loathe her, and boy, is she, she is... So much the uh, kid who reminded the teacher two minutes out she hadn't assigned homework. <laughs> um, third in is uh, the kid. I know he's too young. I mean, he's t- Listen, if he, he's the opposite of an old soul. He's too young and too callow and too uh, rehearsed. And it's not like I see hard, hard. Uh, you know, I, I have to say this. He has not. Uh, you know, as I said, that the Warren beats the woman drum, and uh, everybody beats their own drum. I got to give Buttigieg that. I haven't seen him beat the. He's uh, married to another man, right? Gay. He doesn't <laughs> beat that drum that much. He talks about being married, but there are guys who would have proffered that a lot more by now. I think. Yeah, no, I, so I that, agree. I mean, there there was a video of a of a woman who supported him in the Iowa caucus who didn't realize he was gay and, uh, you know, actually had spent a couple hours advocating for him and then was like, wait, really? He's gay? So, uh, yeah, he's not doing it the way that, let's put it this way, if that was me, you'd know. It, it would be on uh, every mailing that I sent out. Yeah, he seems to be too down on, I'm not as down on Christians as he, I'm not even, he's a Christian who's down on himself. I always said it reminds me of Bernie Brillstein, the self-loathing Jew thing. <laughs> But he's really down on Christians. Uh, I I am a believer. I love God, but I can't say I'm a born again Christian as he does. But I don't I don't I piss inside the tent as they say, like he does. It seems smart, a little too polished. You know, it's tough to to simulate rough hewn is more awkward than being not rough hewn. You know what I mean? He'd almost be better not trying to act like a little. Uh, <laughs> A little more grizzled than he is. He's a square. He's a young square. I don't think it's going to make it. But uh, I can't say I find him the most off-putting guy on the stage. I think Carlson does, but or Tucker does, but I don't. Next in is uh, Bernie. I, I don't like Bernie at all. I think he's a horrible man. And I think he, uh, you know, nibbles around the fringes of the cookie, praising people who have been responsible for more pain, more death than anybody else in the history of this world. And I... I, I 
yeah, dare I say, there's probably an evil side there somewhere. And some of the writings lately, I don't even know. Have you read any of that stuff? Yeah, I mean, the sort of things that you're talking about, like rape fantasy and that sort of stuff. Yeah, that, I, I yeah. read a couple of those. Yeah. They're, they're pretty creepy. It's like, uh, it reminded me of, uh, you know, Robert Byrd's Dream Journal, the first <laughs> the first year he summered in Weirton. <laughs> sure. You know, just, whoa, what's weird, brother? You know, where he's like, I think... I'm going to go to Cotillion this year in a fitted sheet. All right, good. <laughs> You'll eventually have a plaque naming you man of the people. Um, Biden's uh, Biden's in trouble. You know, by, I can't see Biden anymore without a blue NFL concussion protocol town around him. He's dinged. <laughs> you can't let him back in the game. He got hammered going across the middle. And... Uh, he, Old, crazy. Um, I guess some people feel compassion for him. I'll, uh, they say if you can't say something nice, I haven't. Let's just say I have not liked Biden and think he's a malevolent soul for many years. He would be complaining how he didn't get enough time, and then he would take the time, but then concede his time because he ran out of stuff to say. Like every yeah, time, a mess. <laughs> So, uh, it was he's one of the mess. more enjoying thing, enjoyable things about. And I think he's out of money, so it might be time for him to call the people over to Penns and get a new <laughs> infusion of cash and some. Uh, he calls them road wipes. Uh, he's he doesn't control any part of his mind no. or his elementary canal. All right, Joe, let's put on your party pants. Come on. <laughs> Um, next over, I guess, is Clobes. A minor player. I don't know what you're doing there. Yeah, they could have cut off that I, part of the stage, the, the last couple down there. <laughs> yeah, and Steyer's just a... I think Steyer made all his money in the coal plants, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I guess, I don't know, I guess he invested in private prisons. That came up during the debate. So I, I, I learned some things about Tom Steyer that I didn't know, but I also didn't care. Yeah, he was, uh, now all of a sudden he's, a, you know, it's it's gone from how green was my valley to how green was my wallet. That's the style right there. <laughs> yeah. Another billionaire buying their way in. Um, I think Hillary, as I said, is in the bullpen, not warming up, just sitting there with a 45-pound bag of sunflower seeds and not even spitting them, just ingesting it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and good for uh, I, I, Iger has quit a $50 million job plus back end for a reason. And uh, I think uh, somebody has said, listen, Bob, we're not sure, but uh, you could be the new Bloomberg because he's fucked up. You know, I, I think what's it called when uh, you have to do something that serves your uh, th there's a legal term that means you have to do the thing that's best for your sh stockholders. You have to operate in some way. And I think he's doing that here at this moment, dropping out. Uh, he has to be warmed up, ready to go. Uh, Hillary will battle to the death with him if she has to. But uh, right now, let me just go through and say I think Bloomberg's unelectable. I think uh, at this moment I say Hillary. And uh, if I, I had to pick somebody on that stage who uh, could win the presidency with a bunch of inside straights and b -b 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 Warren. Interesting. Just because she's brutal enough, evil enough, has a woman card, victim. I find her off-putting, but I, I know that what I find off-putting in a human 
is probably super popular with over 50% of other humans in this country right now. I'm, I'm not one of those people who think the way I see it is the way I don't even think it's the majority anymore. I think young women, many of them who have been, you know, it's that same. Remember that woman said she used to have a coffee club where they'd whine that they had to pay for their diaphragms? You remember that thing? Who was she? And one Was of that Sandra elections. Fluke? Fluke. Yeah. Yeah. And and they called her up to Congress and she wasn't embarrassed about that. No. That was her I am woman hear me roar moment where she said, I'm sitting there in a coffee thing and we were whining, but we have to pay for our diaphragms. And everybody was, you know, crying and in tears. And all of a sudden she was a suffragette. So I don't, I have no idea what uh, young people are about, much less, you know, obviously young women. Uh, but I do think there's a lot of them who look at uh, Elizabeth Warren and she's a uh, a hero and ID fix and uh, and if I had to say which one of those people I, it won't be Sanders he's just too far gone she I think she believes a lot of what he does except yeah. she cloaks it hides it a little better and uh, I don't I haven't heard her eh, maybe I'm wrong no but she knows uh, better than to talk about how great Fidel Castro was somebody has her mm-hmm. ear and it's like you know what even if you love him just just don't say it on a microphone it's not going to help you. And Bernie doesn't apologize for anything. So he's like, oh, what, you guys don't like literacy programs? I'm like, no, no, we don't We don't like Fidel Castro. That's really what it is. And uh, What about Steyer? What a doofus. Huh? Yeah. I know. It's just He's one of those guys who wears a, a, you know, when he wants to be a, a guy's guy that day, he wears one of those sleeveless sweater jacks. <laughs> and, <you know. laughs> Literally orders Savile Row shirts where the sleeves are rolled up. Yeah. Well, of course. I want them pre-rolled. I don't know how to fucking do it. I can never get them even. I want them matching. I want to be out there. I want to touch Indians. You know what his Jerome... So that's how I saw the debate. Tom Steyer's Jerome is actually a guy who goes around and pre-rolls all of his sleeves. And if it starts to slip down, he's just in there like those guys who, you know, pick up the tennis balls. He's like, all right, I got it. I got it, Tom. <laughs> I, was, I had to grab myself yesterday because I was recording a corporate thing at a TV studio up here and naturally just as uh we start recording outside the local uh refuse firm comes around to pick up all the dumpsters and you know when they put it in reverse it has that to me mind-numbing thing that's taking over the world that beep beep and uh the guy was out there for yeah we're trying to record and he's backing up and it's taken 20 minutes so uh I actually put a napkin on my face and was coughing. And I said, I'm going to go out and ask him how long he's going to be here and just wear this corona mask and cough. And they said, you can't do that. <laughs> You're right. You can't do it. Jesus. I, can't I would have been prison today with Blago. They're taking Blago's cell. <laughs> you could have done that. All right. You could have done the parasite move. And put they didn't have to stop me. I no. stopped myself. You stopped yourself, Sammy. This used to be funny, but this isn't the world we live in now. But all I'm saying is 58 cases. I find it the most quaint pandemic ever so far in that it did go up to 58 today. Mm-hmm. And no deaths. Yeah. I mean, is, is it not everything you're looking for in a pandemic? At least in your country. I'm just saying, Christian, what do you think has not caused and no deaths over the last six weeks in this country? You could find the craziest things, couldn't you, that yeah. have caused the death? Of course. I mean, shit Plastic where you say, wait a second, uh, the, the, the water skiing squirrel uh, <laughs> tipped an edge and broke it and went up and went into the camera, the camcorder they were shooting him with and put a guy's eye out and he 
got an infection and went into his brain. You know, one of those stories, that's probably happened, right? Yeah. I think while you were talking, another one just happened. Yeah, something weird happened. So I'm saying uh, at this point, I've seen worse pandemics than coronavirus in that there's only 58 cases in a country of over 300 million, and we've had no deaths. So I'm viewing that as a, a good thing. Let's take the win. Let's be happy. Yeah, you, you're right, Christian. Sometimes you just got to take the win. Yeah. All right, I'm rocking. Later. Thanks for listening to The Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 